All right, welcome back to the Kadash Podcast. This is your host, Joshua O'Connor. And we are continuing on with the fruit of salvation. And uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about freedom from sin. Um, this is a touchy topic. Um, you know, <laughs> a lot of people don't, the vast majority of Christians don't believe that um, they can be set free from sin uh, totally. Um, a lot of people believe, oh, we're always still sinners. I've heard that growing up, um, you know, my whole life uh, from a lot of different people. And, you know, your experience doesn't change truth, okay? Um, the truth is in the Word. It's in the Bible. And uh, because of the things that you experience here on earth, that doesn't necessarily uh, make it true. Um, the truth is in the Word of God. Jesus is the truth. And that is what we need to, need to lean on. And those um, having faith and believing in what it is that Jesus did is what's going to catapult you into the in, eternal inheritance and the promises of God um, that he has for you, which is freedom from sin, right? Um, we're going to bring up some verses. We're going to talk about it. This is probably going to be a long uh, podcast. Um, I have a lot of verses, but some of them are just sing singular verses. And a lot of people will take these out of context because of their experience in life and on earth. Um, but I feel like there's a process that we um, have to take on um, in pursuing the Lord um, to death, uh, that, that we have to really learn to be crucified with Christ. That's the thing, and we just have a lot of idols in our lives. There are a lot of things that we want to hold on to, um, worldly things. And the Bible is very clear on pr the pursuit of those things, um, that if you're friends with the world, you're at enmity against God, right? You're enemies of His. And I think that it's just gaining understanding and knowledge and revelation and wisdom from the Spirit through the Word that we can then, um, you know, be like that tree planted by streams of water in Psalm 1. But it, it, it takes a continual nourishment, a growing up in God, a, a sanctification, purification, uh, just a renewing of the mind, right? You know, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. It, it, it's a transformation, and it's almost like, you know, you start at the beginning with Jesus, right? When you're getting flogged and whipped and et cetera, right? And then there's a road right to Golgotha, you know, the, the, the mountain of the skull or whatever place of the skull, right? That we have to pick up our cross and die, right? The Bible says to die daily, daily. That there's this time in a Christian's life where we pick up that cross and we're walking it up this hill. Um, and and that, that process can be drawn out based on our submission to God and His will for our lives. And... Um, the more that we submit to his leadership and his desire for us, um, the more that we can kind of get there faster. And um, it all takes it all takes that step of, of death and into our crucifixion to then resurrect. You know, like I've said before, only dead things resurrect. And we're going to read some verses on all this stuff. And uh, but just remember, right, your experience on earth does not change truth truth will always be truth right jesus says um all right i don't know if it's jesus but it's in the bible right but it says um 
that the word of God remains forever, right? It is, it is, it, it existed in the beginning and it will exist into eternity, right? Okay, so let's start in uh, Galatians 5.1. Okay, let's bring light to a lot of these verses. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Okay, so what does standing firm look like, right? Um, it looks like fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. It looks like hearing the word about Christ and, um, right, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word about Christ. It's ultimately what we're, what's feeding us, right? Because if Jesus says, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, and we're continually feeding ourselves with social media, with movies, with games, with the things of this world that are, are, are filling our minds with knowledge that bears no fruit simply right it, it really dumbs us down and makes us um have lack knowledge right we talked about in the past um i can't remember where it's at but it, it about you know my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge right we talked about in the in the past uh, past podcast destruction comes from lack of knowledge therefore let's gain knowledge well what is knowledge right knowledge is eternal life the knowledge of god okay gaining eternal life you know, is going to come through intimate time with the Lord, spending time with him, believing in him, coming, building up faith, etc. Right. So we have to stand firm. OK, so it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again. So you're so he's saying that you're in a place where those burdens are no longer on you because he says, do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Do not be bonded again to that yoke. So if, if you're no longer a part of that yoke of, of being a slave to sin, what are you? Are you always a sinner? Well, you will be if you're yoked, if you're yoked to the slave, uh, to the, uh, to be a slave to sin, right? Okay, so standing firm looks like standing firm in the truth, right? And the truth is Jesus and his freedom, his freedom, your freedom was paid for by his blood, right? Whose bloodline, right? There's the first Adam and there's the last Adam, right? Whose bloodline you are from is whose outcome you have. The enemy, destruction and death, Jesus, eternal life, resurrection, life, right? Leviticus 17, 11 says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. The blood of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus, is life imparted to you. If you believe on him, you make him Lord, you, crucif you, 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 you crucify yourself, right? You follow him. Following him is, is going to the cross, dying and living from the cross resurrecting right you're called to resurrect daily to die daily to resurrect to experience new life okay so the life of the flesh is in the blood of jesus if you're born of the bloodline of jesus right if you're born again and you're born of god right does god give birth to sinners no and it's all about what you believe 
if you believe you're always going to be a sinner, you're always going to be a sinner, right? The Bible says to be perfect, perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And you have access to that. You have access to that. But I think our mind, what we see as perfect looks different than what it actually means. Okay. What it actually means. And I think that we need to renew our mind. I think that um, perfection is a person with the spirit of Christ imparted into them where their conscience is cleansed, right? And, and they have no, no awareness to pass sin or a desire to commit sin. Perfection, for me, is someone just who rests in their inheritance, right? Who walks by the Spirit who bears fruit of the Spirit, okay? And you have access to that. The Bible says so, right? Okay, so let's keep going. John 8, 36 says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And I just threw that in there because I want you all to understand that freedom means freedom. It means that you are no longer bond, uh, in bondage to slavery, to sin. You are now slaves of righteousness, okay? Who the Son sets free is free indeed, okay? Romans uh, 6.18 says, You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. You have been set free from sin. The Bible says that. And you have become slaves to righteousness. You have a new master, right? The Bible says that you can only serve one master. I think that's in Matthew. Okay? You can either you can serve the enemy or God. There are only two choices. There are only two choices. Okay? So you have been set free from sin. That's no longer a part of you. And renew your mind to this truth. That's all you have to do. You don't have to try to do anything. All you have to do is know truth. That's it. That's it. You just have to accept this, right, belief on the fact that you have been set free through Jesus. And Jesus, right, if it's called the fruit of the Spirit, it's not the fruit of Joshua. It's the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit living in me as the temple that then he can manifest himself out into the world and display, right, and testify about God. That's the, that's the Spirit's job. It, of course, it's to real, reveal Jesus, because that's what the Bible says. It's to, the Spirit has come to, to re, re, uh, reveal the Son, but he is also to bear witness about the Son. How does he bear witness about the Son through, through a person? He manifests Jesus, right? Kindness, gentleness, patience, self-control, love, forbearance, all these things, right? That way they know that, man... That guy is not of this world. That guy is not of this world. All right, so 1 John 1. Okay, it says, it says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, with the light, right? And the light is also Jesus, right? We've talked about that in the past podcast. Okay, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all 
sin. Does it say 99% of sin? Does it say 50% of sin? It says all sin. Read it. 1 John 1. Okay. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Okay. What does freedom from sin look like? Well, first off, walking in the light. We must walk in the light. Okay. As Jesus is. And if we walk with Jesus, we have fellowship with Jesus. Okay? And his blood cleanses us from all sin. But it, it takes a coming into the light. It takes a coming into the light. Okay? What does freedom from sin look like? It looks like a fruit bearer, right? You're bearing fruit. You're not experiencing the effects of death and sin, right? Depression, anxiety, etc., whatever, right? Because you put your faith and trust into the Lord. Right? All right, so let's move on to the next one. This is going to be a long one. So I'm, gonna, I'm reading in uh, Hebrews 9, okay? I'm going to read from probably from verse 11 to 27, but the main there's a few main ones that I want to stick on, but I'm going to read through this. Get your Bibles out. Get your swords out, okay? It says, Christ is the perfect sacrifice. It says, so Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which is not made by human hands. It is not part of the created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he enters the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Okay? Just think of how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we may worship the living God. So what does freedom from sin look like? This is what it looks like, a clean conscience. Where what you did, right? Because we were all born of the flesh, right? What you once did is no longer in your head. Okay? Your, your, it's, the blood of Christ purifies your conscience from what you've done so that we can come into the light which leads to the worship of the living God, right? So that we can worship the living God. Okay, it says, For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people, so that all who are called can receive the internal inheritance. God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of, of sins they had committed under the first covenant. Look at this part. We're going to stay in this next part for the law. It says, now when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that the person who made it is dead. The will goes into effect only after the person's death. While the person who made it is still alive, the will cannot be put into effect. So listen to this. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bring some revelation to this. Right? It says, now when someone leaves a will, okay, so think about it as God's will. God's will is on your life. 
right? But for this will to be put into to effect, someone has to die. You see that? Galatians 5.22, right? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For God's will to happen in your life, there is a death that must take place. That will cannot take place until you've died. A lot of people are walking around and have not died. They're, they're sleeping, right? Like Lazarus. He's just asleep. He's just asleep. When the Lord's saying, come forth, come forth, come forth. But we must die. We must give up the idols. We must give up the sin. We must follow him. We must seek him. Desire him. Okay? The person, it says, the, while the person who made it is still alive, the will cannot be put into effect. As long as you choose to live, right? Right? Jesus says, um, man. The, what does he say? He says that, that those who wish to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for his sake will find it. Okay? If you wish to save your life, lose your life. Lose your life. So that you can die, resurrect, and his will can happen through your life. But a lot of us just don't want to give things up. We don't want to give things up. We want to be a one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Right? That's why he says that many are going to come in his name claiming to be the Christ and yet be uh, ravenous wolves, right? We've talked about that. There's, gonna, there's a lot of people, that, that, that's what keeps us, a lot of people from, uh, that, that they're stumbling, right? They're stumbling blocks. Is that we have to know truth. We have to walk in the light. We have to have fellowship with the light. Okay, let's keep going. It says, in verse 18, it says, That is why the first covenant was put into effect with the blood of an animal. For after Moses had read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using hyssop branches and scarlet wool. Then he said, This blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship in fact according to the law of moses nearly everything was purified with blood okay so blood purifies think about that for without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness it says that is why the tabernacle and everything in it which were copies of things in heaven had to be purified by the blood of animals but the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals, blood of Jesus. Okay, it says, For Christ did not enter a holy place made with human hands, which only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and who... And again, every, ever since the world began, 
But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who eagerly waiting, who are eagerly waiting for him. Okay? So, Christ came to remove sin through his death. The removal of sin means it no longer exists in you. Okay? Look at this. And then the next part, we've talked about this before, one of my favorite verses. And just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment. If we either die now and resurrect into new life, or when we our fleshly bodies perish, well that that die that death will lead us into into the pit. Okay, we only get to die one time, and I've been crucified with Christ. Right? We we have to be crucified with Christ. You you will die once. Right? And through that death, God's will will take into effect in your life. Where now, right, Ezekiel 36, where we talked about having that heart, that new heart as a new creation, where now I am moved to follow God. Why? Because I've died, right? This is what Jesus came to crucify you. He came to, 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 to kill the old Adam, to birth the new Adam in you, right? The Bible says that Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. He is the firstborn from among the dead, okay? So if he is the firstborn from among the dead, that means there are many that are going to come after him. Okay, let that soak for a second. Jesus is the firstborn from among the dead. Now it's our time, our turn to be born from among the dead. It's your time. But you have to throw away, right, the, the sin that's so easily entangled. You have to renew your mind to these truths, to the fact that you are no longer a slave to that. You aren't. Whatever it is that, that, that's running your mind, you are no longer a slave to it. Okay? Each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. So also Christ offered once and for all time sacrifice to take away, to remove, take away, get out of here, the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with us, but to bring salvation for all who are eagerly waiting for him. That's us. The spirit and the bride in Revelation, this is the spirit and the bride say come. If you are a part of the bride of Christ, you're waiting for him. Trust me. <laughs> you're waiting for him because he's on your mind daily. All right. All right. So we got one more verse and then we'll, we'll jump out. It says, I'm in John 5. Verse 24, we're talking about this judgment, right? It says, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but is crossed over from death to life. Right? Jesus is the one who judged. The Father has bestowed that upon him. But what is judgment but the coming of the revelation of the truth of the kingdom of God? Okay? 
He has given you right to become sons of God. He has come to, to show good and evil. He has come to separate the two, right? If he is the word, right, in, in, in John 1, and the word divides flesh and marrow, he is the one that comes through and divides and separates the two from the other. He separates them. He kills off the old and he impart and brings new life to the new. Right? If the, the word of God is a double-edged sword and he is the word, that is that is this eternal inheritance. Is the fact that you you are now you are now a part of a new tree. You're you're a branch that's been grafted into a new vine. Okay? You have access. You have access. Renew your mind to the truth. Okay? Repeat this after me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that I have been crucified. Lord, thank you for new life. Lord, thank you for freedom from sin. Thank you that you have bestowed righteousness upon me. Thank you that I'm a new creation. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may walk the path that you have placed before me. Help me stand firm in the faith to which I was called. Thank you, Lord, that my old desires have passed away. Thank you, Lord, that I am a fruit bearer. And thank you, Lord, for imparting your spirit inside of me. I say these things in Jesus' name. Amen.